It's such a blessing to be together as a family today and to worship the Lord. And, you know, I just can't imagine a sweeter thing than the voice of a child. And I think we all learned today that Ava pretty much loves her daddy. <laughs> and how awesome is that? How awesome. And I, as she was calling out to him, I just couldn't help but think of how God has called us into that kind of intimacy as he allows us to call him Abba, to cry out to him as the God that we love and respect and depend upon for our very life. And uh, it's great to hear the voices of our kids. And uh, so we expect something from Luke quite soon as when Daddy's up here preaching. But uh, it's good to be together. Praise be to God for bringing our dear sister Yvonne back into our assembly today. Yvonne, what a week you've had, and we're so happy to, to have you. We give God thanks for how rapidly you've gained strength and have come back to, to be with us. It's so good to see Jay and June Cho. I know they were here the week I was gone, but brother, getting that, that special handshake you have, it's so good to see you, and you, you, may, you can just stop visiting any other congregations, be here every week. And uh, it's so good to see you. We just miss you so much all those years you've been in Texas. And it's a blessing to, to see you and be in fellowship. And, and I'm here uh, to welcome again uh, Matthew, who's going to be speaking to us in just a moment. Uh, Matthew and Haley Height come to us from uh, Denver, Colorado, where both of them are uh, uh, involved in the uh, school there, the Bear Valley School. Uh, Bible Institute of Denver, I think it is, is get the right name. Uh, both of them are enrolled in the classes. We have been involved in supporting uh, Bear Valley students for, I don't know, at least 25 years or so. And uh, at this particular point in time, Matthew has been one of, the one of the recipients of some of the support that we send on a monthly basis. And uh, when they decided that they were going to spend their honeymoon at the happiest place on earth, which, of course, is the Newland Street Church of Christ. Uh, so we thought, well, hey. Uh, but he kindly offered while they're they'll probably, you know, he spent a couple of hours at Disneyland, but uh, kindly offered to speak. And we are just so grateful to have Matthew and Haley here, as Tim mentioned, the one week anniversary of their marriage. Uh, they both... Uh, plan after graduation. Matthew's going to be going initially into youth ministry as his plan, and we want to keep praying for Matthew and Haley as they take on their second year of studies. Uh, many of you may have met Matthew's family. Uh, his dad, Michael Hyde, is an instructor at Bear Valley. He's, he and his family have been here on several occasions visiting, and also, I believe, um, Michael spoke uh, on a Wednesday night when during the recharge event, those of you who were here in those days, and uh, he uh, brought the word to us on that occasion. But today we're grateful to have Matthew and Haley, and uh, we wish you the best. We'll be praying for you as your life, uh, your new life together begins as a couple, not only in your marriage, but in your preparation for ministry and the ministry that awaits you. I can, uh, I just, uh, I'm happy for you both. It's an amazing life uh, to be able to serve the Lord as husband and wife, whether in full-time ministry or in ministry as all of us are. And we know God will be uh, blessing you throughout all of that. Uh, Chris is going to now lead us in a song, and then uh, Matthew will bring the morning lesson to us. It is great to be with all of you this morning. Uh, as has been said, uh, my wife and I, Haley, are currently students at the Bear Valley Bible Institute 
And we want to truly express our deep gratitude to all of you for your support, for your encouragement, and your kindness while we've been in school and also just these couple of hours that we've been here so far. Also, as has been mentioned, we just celebrated our one-week anniversary, which we are very excited about. And you know, as we were preparing for our trip out to Missouri to get married, we were trying to decide what car we were going to take. See, Haley drives a truck, and I drive about a 21-year-old Saturn. And we were very conflicted on to which vehicle we were going to take. Because you see, Haley's truck has incredible air conditioning, but horrible gas mileage. And my car has great gas mileage, but horrible air conditioning. And so we were very conflicted as to figure out, okay, what are we going to take? Either we're going to roast our way through Kansas, or we're going to have to stop every three hours. And so we are trying to find something that was going to be reliable. And really when you think about it, our society today is constantly searching for reliability. Think about all the car commercials that you see these days. The most reliable four-door sedan or the most reliable family van or whatever it may be. And the reason why those car companies put most reliable next to their vehicle description is because they know that that's what their customers are looking for. They're looking for reliability. Something they can trust in that they know will get them from one place to the next safely. We all want reliability, don't we? And really when we think about what it means to be truly reliable, a definition would be consistently good in quality or performance. Able to be trusted. Once again, a simple meaning and definition of reliability is just something that will last and is trustworthy. And as a culture, we want trust. We want to know that we can have trust in something that is firm and strong. And brothers and sisters, our God is reliable. He is trustworthy. Throughout all of time, He's shown that to us. And specifically this morning, we're going to be taking a look at Joshua chapter 6. And we see in this chapter, which should be a very familiar chapter to all of us, the conquest of Jericho. Possibly one of the oldest and most famous cities in this world. Now when we look at this chapter, the conquest of Jericho that takes place with the Israelites, one of the ultimate examples that we can see of God's reliability is here in this chapter. And as we examine this great event, there are going to be some three main reasons as to why we should recognize God's reliability. 
First of all, when we're looking at this chapter, we see that we should rely on God because of His promise. Take a look with me for just a moment at Joshua chapter 6 and verse 2. The Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and valiant warriors. Now, laying up some context right before this, the Israelites have just exited out of, uh, of Egypt. And God has led them through the wilderness. And finally, after their 40 years of wandering for their unfaithfulness and unbelief and untrust in Him, it's finally time for them to enter into the promised land. And once they cross, this is what God tells Joshua. This promise that has been made for so many generations now. When we go back to Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through, 1 through 3, excuse me, we see God giving the promise to Abraham. This land is yours. I'm giving it to you. And now that the Israelites are back into this land, God repeats that promise to them. Saying, this land is yours. The king and the warriors and all the people that are in it, I've given it over to you. All you have to do is go and take it. God's promise to the Israelites is one that is strong. But there's only one condition. The Israelites had to follow exactly what God wanted them to do. But as long as they did that, the land was theirs. And as we see throughout the rest of the book of Joshua, this succeeds. The Israelites gained the land because they followed God's promise and plan. Now, you guys might already be wondering, how does this really apply to us? How does this connect? Yeah, God made a promise to the Israelites saying, this land, this physical piece of land is going to be yours. Follow my commands, go in, fight and take it. The promise that He's made to us is not a physical promise. But rather, it's a spiritual promise. When we look... At John chapter 14, verses 2 through 4, we see Jesus talking. And he says, In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. Where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way where I am going. See, this promise that God has made to us is that Jesus is going to prepare a place for us. And He is going to return and lead us into this spiritual promised land, as it were. No, our promise is not a physical land but it's spiritual life and eternal life in heaven with our Father. That is what He has promised to us. And we can be reassured through the account of the Israelites that the Lord keeps His promises. No matter what. 
Did the Lord keep His promise to the Israelites? Absolutely He did. And we see that within this chapter. But let me ask you a question. Are we confident that the Lord will keep our promise, His promise with us? Based upon the evidence that we see all throughout Scripture, we can be sure without any doubt that God is a God who keeps His promises. And that makes Him reliable. We can trust in His promise because He's never shown that He doesn't keep His promises. He fulfills each and every one that He gives. But how do we go about receiving this great promise? Well, once again, when we look at the Israelites, the way that they received their promise was by following the plan that God had placed for them. And in the same way, we must follow the plan that He has given to us in order to receive our reward. So first of all, we see that we need to rely on God because of His promise. But next, we see that we need to rely on God because of His plan. When we look at Joshua chapter 6, verses 3 through really 19, we see the plan of attack for the Israelites going up against Jericho. Now, you see, during this time, warfare was very different than it is today. Really how it worked was siege tactics. A giant army surrounds the city and just waits. And then finally, when the city runs out of supplies, runs out of water, food, whatever, they have to open their doors. And then the armies come swooping in and take over. But when we look at the plan of attack that God gives to the Israelites, it starts to raise some eyebrows. let's, Let's talk about this for just a second. God tells Joshua and the Israelites, Okay, I want you guys to gather all of the warriors, all of the men in your army, and grab the priests and their trumpets, and make sure that you bring the the Ark of the Covenant too. You guys are going to walk out from camp, go to the city of Jericho, and walk around it in silence. And then, once you walk around it once, once you just go back. Then the next day, I want you to do the same thing and go on and on for six days. And then on the seventh day, you guys are going to walk around it seven times. Still in complete silence, but seven times. That'll really scare them. And then I want you to blow your trumpets. And I want you all to shout with a great shout. And those walls are going to fall. What? How on earth would this ever work? I can imagine right now, if I was one of those Israelites that was being told this plan, I would have some raised eyebrows saying, there's no way that this could work. There's no intimidation factor. There's no siege tactic here. We're just walking. But that's not the point of God's plan. 
the Israelites may not have understood what God's plan was for this attack. But what they did know is that it was God's plan. And God's plan was perfect. The Israelites had to rely on God and follow what He told them to do, regardless of what it was, in order for them to succeed. Because if they didn't, if they relied on themselves, it wouldn't have worked. And we see that over just in the next chapter. Joshua chapter 7, when the Israelites prepare to attack the city of Ai, they don't rely on God. They don't come with Him with a plan. And as a result, they're defeated. Because they didn't go with what God wanted them to do. They didn't follow His plan. And once again, brothers and sisters, God has a plan for us. Just like the people of Israel, God has provided us with a plan. His Word. And in order for us to succeed in our life, in order for us to succeed in this conquest that we have that is our life before eternity, we need to follow His Word precisely and exactly. But here's another question for you that's a challenging question for us to think about. Do we always trust in His plan? There can be so many times where we don't understand what God is asking us to do. Why do we have to sing just with our voices? Why can't we have instruments, God? Why do we just have to use fruit of the vine and unleavened bread for the Lord's Supper. Why? It doesn't make any sense. And we start to build up these questions in our minds. And it leads to some challenges in our spiritual lives, in our relationships with God. We challenge and deal with trusting in God. What we don't understand. And His plan... We're not sure what's going to happen to us or why we do what we do. And as a result, we begin to rely on ourselves more than we do on God. Let me give you an example specifically. We may be going through a very challenging time, whether it's the loss of a job, loss of a loved one, just sicknesses or whatever. The list can go on and on. Or it can even just be small things. Just making decisions about life that you're trying to face. The world that surrounds us. It could be friends, co-workers, maybe even relatives. As you are going through those times, they'll either tell you there is no God or there is a God but He doesn't care about you. And He doesn't care about me. And that's a lie. Our God does care about us. Our God is with us. Obviously, there's a high level of trust and faith that is involved in all of this. But we may not always understand it. 
But we should always recognize that our God has a plan. And we should follow through with it, regardless of what it is. When we look at the Israelites, again, this plan is crazy. It doesn't make sense. But they had enough trust and faith in God to do it. Are we willing to do the same? Do we have that level of trust in God? God has shown to us that He is reliable. And His plan is reliable. It's up to us to follow it. God knows what He's doing in our lives. We don't. And that's the challenge with our society today, is that we live in a world that we begin to have the mindset of, if I don't know it, Google does. But that's not true. We don't know everything. And no matter how much we think that we do, we don't. But we have a God that does. That is perfect. That is trustworthy and reliable. And He's given us a perfect plan that we know works. We might question it. But we should rely on Him. Because His plan is perfect. So we need to rely on God because of His promise. And we need to rely on God because of His plan. And finally, we see in Joshua chapter 6 that we need to rely on God because of His power. The power of God, as we see all throughout this chapter, is very cool to look at and study deep into. Look back at verse 1 just for a, just for a moment. Now Jericho was tightly shut because of the sons of Israel. No one went in and no one came out. What's going on here? Why is this verse included in this chapter? The people of Jericho knew of what was going on with the Israelites. When we jump back to Joshua chapter 2 and we see the spies entering the land and they encounter Rahab and Rahab helps them and delivers them from the people of Jericho. One of the things that Rahab notes to these two spies is, we heard about what you guys did over in, in Egypt. And that freaked us out. You guys wiped out that entire army. The, the news has been spread all over this area because God's power was witnessed. People knew God was on the Israelite side. And there was no stopping them. And that made them afraid. Jericho was tightly shut because they were afraid of what they were about to face. They knew God's power. God was on the Israelite side. And God was powerful. Also, we see within this chapter that God's power was unstoppable. God was the one who made the walls of Jericho fall. 
I don't know if you guys have seen pictures of the ruins of Jericho, but there are still some sections of the wall that can be seen. And those walls are massive. It's incredible to see the size of the stones themselves that were used for those walls. God made those fall. Nothing that the people of Jericho or anyone else could have done would have been able to stop them. The Israelites simply followed the plan that was given to them, exactly as it was given to them. And because of their faithfulness, God was with them in that battle. And they won because God was with them in that battle. His power was with them. That means that nothing was going to be able to stop them. Now let's think about God's power today. God is still this power. So many times I feel like as we read through the Old Testament and even the New Testament, we see the miracles and the the wondrous things that God does. But we read that as, that was back then. God still has the most incredible power today. More power than we could ever even imagine, which is hard to wrap our minds around. He's provided us with salvation and eternity with Him through the forgiveness of our sins. No one else has the power to do that. You and I could not receive that for ourselves. That's not something we could do. But God had the power to do it. And He did it for us. In order to, re- to achieve the re- this result of His power, we must be faithful to Him. We need to listen and follow to His commands. We need to put them into practice. And here's an important thing. We need to make sure that we don't give ourselves the credit for what's being done. We need to recognize God and His power. Once again, we live in a world today that is obsessed with power. We're always wanting more of it. So, however we can get it, That's what we look for. That's what we strive toward, is building up our own power, relying on ourselves rather than on God. And if we have the mindset of seeing God as the one with the most power, not just in this country, in this entire universe, we begin to realize what little we can truly do compared to Him. If you don't, do a compare and contrast of what God has done versus what you can do. Now, as as Haley and I have been here, we've been spending our time in Disneyland and we had the opportunity to go into the new Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. A multi-year project in development that has been done. And going in there, it's incredible to see the amount of work and detail that was put in by the construction crews. We have power 
to build great structures, great buildings, great areas such as that, or just all over the place. But think about the fact that God created this world, this universe, with a word. Do we have power compared to that? No. We never even come close. But the truth is that God is the one with the power. And if we rely on Him, we receive that power. We will learn to grow closer to God and be thankful for what He has done and continues to do if we begin to shift our mindset. Not focusing so much on what power we have, but on the power that He has and continues to show us. We can read throughout both Old and New Testaments and see His power. And that should give us a firm foundation to know that we can still have that same power through Him today. So in conclusion, as we begin to wrap things up, as the Israelites were successful in the conquest of Jericho, because of God's promise, because of His plan, and because of His power, we also can be successful in our lives. However, the key component to all of this success that we can get and that the Israelites got comes through fully relying on God in every situation that we may face. So, as we go throughout this week, work on relying on Him in everything. Now, I know this seems like a little bit broad of an idea, but let me give you some examples. There could be a big decision that you're trying to make this week that could not only affect you, but your entire family. Could affect the congregation here at Newland Street or whatever. Trust in God. Rely on God. He has a plan. He's given you a promise. And He has the power to get you through whatever you need to. Rely on Him. Could be even just a small decision that you're going through. Such as deciding to focus more on your time on giving to others. Or trying to evangelize more. Trust in God. Rely on God. He has a plan. He's given you a promise. And He has the power to get you through whatever you need to. Regardless as to what you decide to do, rely on Him. Remember His promise that He's given to us. Reflect on the plan, His perfect plan that He's given to us. And respect His power that He's shown to us. It might be this morning that there are those here to realize that they need to be relying more on God. Whether you are a Christian or someone who's making the decision that they need to, we want to help 
we are surrounded here as a family, all striving to work together to do this exact goal. Rely on God in everything we do. If you have any need this morning, please let us help you as we come forward now and stand.